Hey legends, welcome along to Skin Me Up Body. We're getting into a great, great episode of Star Trek, the original series. Uh, the Squire of Gophos. I had such a good time with this. I it was one of those episodes that I had kind of forgotten about. And when I got into it at the very beginning, uh, when the the villain of the piece appears. You kind of feel a little bit let down by him. And it's it's one of these ones where for a second you think to yourself, okay, this is going to be a terrible episode. And again, one of these ones that I just kind of remembered whenever I seen him and completely forgot what the, the ending to the episode was. And by the time you get to it, uh, I had the... Dopiest big smile on my face by the end of this episode because it's so well done and so well acted. And just whenever you get to that punchline at the end, and it really is a punchline ending to this episode. Um, so if you haven't seen it and you don't want it spoiled, don't listen to this podcast. Go check out the episode first and by all means come back and check this here out. Um, essentially at the beginning of the episode, of course, the USS Enterprise is on another mission. This time it's an eight-day supply mission to a colony, and they have to pass through a region of space known as the Star Desert. And as they're going through there, um, they pick up on sensors a planet that's not on any records. And as they are attempting to enter, you know, like a orbit of the planet uh, Sulu attempts is attempting to put the on the controls to you know get the, the ship in the orbit he disappears from the bridge just bang he's gone uh, Kirk freaks out goes to see you know, Sulu what's going on um, he vanishes as well and Spock he assumes that the two of them he doesn't know what's going on at this point, of course. You know, there's this, this random planet. They've got no idea where it came from, what it's called, or anything like that there. It's not on any records. And Kirk, or, or Spock, sorry, he assumes that uh, Kirk and Sulu must be on the planet uh, after, you know, there's no track of them on the Enterprise whatsoever. Um... So he assumes they're on the planet, but the sensor readings indicate that the, the atmosphere is lethal to most forms of life, volcanic ash, all that sort of gear. Uh, the Enterprise then receives a message on one of their little view screens uh, and writing that says, Greetings and felicitations, followed by Hip Hip Hurrah and Tally Ho. Now that was the point of the episode where I was starting to go, oh this is going to go to weird territory. And it kind of does. Um, it's a nice little bait and switch episode because it does trick you into thinking, oh this is going to be awful. But again, by the end of the episode, cheesy, dopey grim. Absolutely love this episode. And the next time I'm going through it, this is one of the ones I'm going to be actually looking forward to the most. Spock orders Chief Medical Officer McCoy along with Lieutenant DeSalle and a geologist Carol Yeager to form a land party and conduct a search. Uh, the land party beams down to uh, 
unexpectedly find itself in a lush and breathable environment. And this is the last thing they were expecting. They were down with breathing apparatus and everything on them. And they also come across what appears to be a castle from medieval times. And when they go in there, they it's decorated to that time period. But they do come across like an alien creature and like a display case. And then they look across and they find Captain Kirk and Sulu. They're immobilised. They can't move. And there's a, a human who identifies himself as General Trelay, retired. And he's speaking in the, the way that people would have spoke for the time period. He's dressed like that. And he just... And, Everything's just of the time period that you would expect these massive castles and whatnot from medieval times. Um, but when I say medieval times, probably more towards like he says he has a, he has a great respect for Napoleon. So it's around that time period of Earth and whatnot. So. Uh, yeah, he invites everyone to stay as his guests on his world, which he calls Gophos, or Gophos. He also explains that his hobby is studying Earth history, and believes Earth is engaging in world conquest. Uh, McCoy's medical tricorder cannot detect this person as a living being, so they don't know what's going on. Uh, Kirk and McCoy, of course at this point they're, they're on frozen, they're back, and they're fallen in that they've disappeared for a few hours. Uh, forced Sulu and then Kirk. So it's been a few hours since that happened. And you know, it's just like a, a it seems like it's just a momentary thing for Kirk and Sulu. They've got no they've been frozen, they've no memory of that last couple of hours. Spock up in the Enterprise, he manages to locate the Lantern Party in a zone of breathable atmosphere. Um, you know, there's a lot of back and forth on the planet between Kirk and this Trelane retired guy. Um, but Spock, being Spock, manages to work out a way to, uh, as long as they, at this point on the planet, they... The away team can't call the Enterprise, but uh, rewritten like energy in the ship, they managed to get the transporters working well enough to get these guys back off the surface. So they transport everybody up except Trulian and back in the ship. Uh, of course, red alert. Um, Kirk is like he gets fooled in by Spock. How did, or yeah. Kirk gets fault in Miss Buck, you know, how did he get us out of there without bringing this other guy up? And he's like, well, we just beamed up any life forms in that area. And of course, as we found out earlier, Trillian didn't register as a life form, so the transporters didn't bring him. So they decide, right, this guy has shown he's powerful. We're just going to have to turn on their heels and get out of here, and that's the plan. They're going to get away from the planet as quick as they can. But Trillian appears in the Enterprise's bridge and he decides to bring the entire crew down to the planet, including Spock, communications officer, Ahura, and human Teresa Ross. Well, I want to say the, the, the entire crew, just the bridge crew. 
God. Um, Kirk's patience with this guy starts getting really fun, especially when Trillian dances with Human Ross, changes her standard red uniform into a 19th century ball gown, and Kirk and Spock both notice that this guy, there's a huge mirror in the corner of the room, and he's never gets too far away from that mirror and they work out that the mirror is probably a, the source of his powers or a connection to a bigger machine that's controlling these powers and to test this theory Kirk provokes Trillian into a duel and during the fight and I'm sorry I'm starting to laugh here because I just remember something that happens later on in the episode <laughs> again huge grin at the end of this one um during the fight, uh, the thing about Trillian is he's very good at getting under your skin. and He puts Kirk on the spot in a major way. And you're expecting this duel by guns to be like the standard you know, walk ten steps, turn on fire sort of a thing. But it's not. Kirk's on one side of the room, Trillian's on the other. And Trillian says, I'm having the first shot. And it's my game, my rules, sort of thing. So there's little moments in this episode where you're kind of thinking, oh, that was a bit childish. And that really does play on to the end of the episode. But uh, Kirk, having committed to this course of action, has to agree to Trillian taking the, the first shot. And Trillian takes aim at Kirk, but at the last minute, aims at the roof and fires wasting the shot completely and there's Kirk then you know if you got the, the nerve to actually go through with this and Kirk takes aim at Trillian points the gun straight at him and at the last second turns and takes out the mirror that they're expecting all his power to be uh, coming from so I hopefully that did not interfere with the recorder my phone just started to ring there Thankfully, it was on silent. Um, yeah, he blasts out in the mirror, and it does damage some strange machinery inside. Uh, the bridge crew then manages to beam back to the Enterprise, but as the ship attempts to warp away, uh, and this is where it started to get really interesting. Uh, again, it's been that long since I've seen this episode; I'd, I'd almost completely forgotten about what happened in it. But uh, as there. Warping away on the view screen, they keep seeing the planet Gophos getting in there. The ship's course, and every time they try to course correct, the planet will move to counter them. So it's an interesting section of the episode. Um, yeah, so Kirk finally orders the Enterprise back into orbit, and he decides to beam down on his own to confront this guy one last time. Uh, so Kirk finds Trillian seated on the in the house, dressed in a white wig and robes, and he ends up in a courtroom, sorry, not the house, um, so he, and at this point, I started thinking to myself, alright, this guy Trillian, and I've got enough in the back of this up, at this point, uh, if I looked it up, it might have a little bit of a connection to, when I was watching it this time, especially in the courtroom sequence, uh, Trillian's going to put, uh, Kirk on trial and basically execute him, you know, hang him by the neck. Uh, when I was watching it, 
this time it started to remind me of Q putting Picard on trial in the next generation so I'm kind of thinking now after having watched the episode again is this character Trillian did this inspire the character of Q and the next generation because what he can do and what he's very capable of in this episode is very very close to what the Q can do in the next generation but I digress anyway um, Trillian reads charges of treason conspiracy and forming insurrection and then silencing Kirk's protest confirms Kirk to death by hanging Kirk however points out that Trillian could find a more stimulating alternative uh, he's realised that Trillian is uh, as advanced as he is and Kirk did comment on this earlier in the episode he's not infallible he doesn't know a lot uh, he's powerful but he's he makes mistakes so Kirk uses this to his advantage in the final moments of the episode where he suggests uh, an alternative to just simply flat out hanging him uh, Trillian suggests that Kirk be prey for a royal hunt and Kirk agrees uh, only in return for the release of the Enterprise to go on its mission the hunt begins and Kirk eventually he's trying to call the Enterprise and he can't get through and you know there's a cat and mouse game where Trillian keeps turning up and he's got a, a sword and he's going after Kirk with it and the best that Kirk has for defence is a branch from a tree which of course doesn't last long um, at one point he gets the upper hand on Trillian and actually gets hold of the sword and he takes a swing at him he's going to go for the death blow but Trillian disappears and he goes where Trillian was at just fresh air and Trillian reappears again at which point Kirk throws the sword in frustration and Trillian simply raises his hand and another sword appears there so again he's got a lot of the same abilities of the Q and I'm very interested I can find anything online here to actually back that up um, He Kirk eventually he's cornered at the castle entrance, the door's locked, but uh, as he goes to try to get away from Trillian again, these bars appear like a prison cell up to the left and the right of him, leaving just the, the opening for Trillian to walk up and finish him off. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, he's cornered at the entrance, but he remains defiant, and the bit that cracked me up the most was when... <laughs> you know those in those movies where they somebody insults somebody else by like taking a glove off and you know slapping them in one cheek and then slapping them in the other cheek. Kirk actually does this to him with his bare hands. He just slaps him in the face, then backhands him on the other side of the face. I almost wet myself. That was damn hilarious. Um so at this point uh, Trillian is losing the plot completely you're not playing fair it's not fair all this sort of stuff um, Kirk takes literally takes a sword from Trillian's hand breaks it in half and throws it away and uh, suddenly these two energy mains appear and call out to Trillian ordering him to come along and lecturing him for his misbehaviour 
And it's literally at the end of the episode, we discover that Trillane is uh, part of this uh, these advanced life forms that are basically like the two parents calling their kid in for dinner and stop misbehaving and whatnot, which again really presses into the queue as well, in a way. Um, everything that's been happening in this uh, planet is they've literally created this planet and, you know, he's studying Earth history for his own little pastime and whatnot. And, like, uh, they're saying that you're, you're, if you can't respect your pets, that's the way they look at Kirk and the crew of the Enterprise. And if you can't respect your pets, you can't have them at all and whatnot. So they uh, basically chew them out. And he's like, it's not fair. You never let me have any fun. And it's a very, in the last moments of the episode before he disappears, just wherever their, their life forms exist, he's pretty much goes from this uncontrolled character that has everybody in the palm of his hands to a small child and attitude and he's kind of like not stamping his feet but he's just like it's not fair it's not fair and you're, you actually are expecting him to start stamping his feet that's so well done but the, the two year energy means at the end of the episode uh, apologise to Kirk and let him go on his way more or less but they don't give away who they are where they came from of course Kirk tries to get a bit of information from him you know who are you where do you come from and whatnot? but they don't give it to him they're just like we, we apologise for our child and we'll make sure this never happens again and we'll you know we'll keep your life support going long enough for you to be back to your ship so uh, yeah the episode kind of closes out on the bridge of the Enterprise, as it usually does. Um, Spock is trying to work out how they are going to classify what Trillian was for the report. And Kirk's just kind of like, you know, a mischievous child. And uh, Spock was like, a mischievous child? It's not going to read very well. And Kirk kind of goes into the, the ball busting they usually does with Spock and you know, don't tell me you never carried out any childish pranks whenever you were young and of course Spock's like you know, I wouldn't do something like that and uh, we kind of get that little ending where Kirk has a little laugh to himself at Spock's expense but uh, yeah I don't know let me just check now I really should have looked this up before I get into uh, this podcast, because um, I kind of do feel that th- this was definitely uh, very much on the minds of whoever came up with the, the character of Q for the next generation. I definitely think there's a lot of inspiration taken from this episode. Uh, William Campbell playing Trillian, top notch and this episode absolutely fantastic um let me just see production uh not 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 much in there uh let me just see reception uh 
Zach Hanlon of the AV Club give the episode an A rating, describing the episode of one of the original series' most deserving iconic hours, and noting it as wonderfully structured. Uh, Michael Campbell's or William Campbell's guest star role was described as demanding, energetic, and endlessly delighted with himself. Uh, in 2012, they ranked it as one of the top 10 must see episodes of the original series. Fully agree with that after having watched it this time again. Absolutely fantastic. Um, no, it's just given stuff of how different places rated and reviewed the show whenever or the episode whenever it first came out. Uh, something about continuity here. Kirk tells Trillian that he had been observing events that occurred on Earth nine hundred years earlier. This was the yeah, I left that out. That was kind of the that was the giveaway that this guy wasn't you know, fully in control of what he was doing. Like he, he left you know, you're looking through a telescope at a planet. The amount of time, well, you understand what I'm saying here. You know, you've got the speed of light and whatnot. If you look up at a star in the sky, um, it takes a certain amount of time for the light of that star to reach Earth. So you're actually seeing that star in the past. And in the present for that star, it could actually be dead. It could be gone. It's maybe not there anymore. Maybe it hasn't been for hundreds of years. But the length of time it took the light from to get from that star to us, you know, that's what happened in this episode. He's been studying Earth from a time period that no longer exists. Uh, Trillian mentions Napoleon, uh, Alexander Hamilton, Judah, Jill from 1804, Richard Strauss, composition from 1880. This has been interpreted as suggesting the episode was set in the 20th century at the earliest. However, later episodes and films place Star Trek in the 23rd century. So, you know, it's, there's, that's something that people come up with from time to time. You know, when does this actually take place? The What's the series actually set on? Um, there's nothing here that I'm seeing that would suggest... That uh, this character of Trillian played any thing in the way of inspiring the character of Q. But it, if you watch the episode, I kind of feel that you'll you'll come to that conclusion yourself. Just in, even in the his mannerisms, what he does, the way he gets under your skin and whatnot, like it definitely very Q-like character and uh, if anybody does have any references to anything that would back that up please feel free to let me know about it via the email at schemeupbody at gmail.com and uh, yeah, written and review the show share it along to anybody you think might be interested in it and that's going to do it for this episode, I will talk to you in the next one and whatever you're doing do it safe and I'll talk to you all then This has been a production of Coins Edge Media. Thank you so much for listening.